Stress, anxiety, and depression are skyrocketing among children and teens. And Cook Children's Healthcare System is on a mission to bring these topics into the light. I'm Winnie King. And I'm Dr. Kristen Perch. If you have kiddos in the room, now is the time to put on those headphones. Some of the topics we'll be discussing will not be suited for young ears. This is Raising Joy. and welcome back to Raising Joy. My name is Dr. Kristen Perch and I'm a child and adolescent psychiatrist at Cook Children's Hospital and I am joined by the beautiful, effervescent and amazing Miss Winnie King. Yes, it's me in all my glory. <laughs> it <I'm>, is glorious, <laughs> my friends. It's all glory. As I'm the Senior Vice President of uh, Communications, Inclusion, Diversity and Equity. So they gave me two jobs. Right. Oh, so so I'm I'm that important. I love it though. Yeah, I have but, two jobs. <laughs> it, but we need it, yeah, right? We and, do. and I also love that the leadership combines those things. I am too, because that was genius, whoever thought of that. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I also feel like it's a special job made for you. It is definitely that. And like you're I love I love them both. I and, love them both. Yes, like you have a unique like skill set that is like perfect for that. You so. know, and PR and communications, that's what I do. I'm a, I'm a former <laughs> reporter. I, I ask questions. I have lots of thoughts and I say things and don't think about it, but that's okay. You know, we do that all the time. But it always is so polished. Like, I don't know. Like <laughs> don't for know me, from my perspective, because, you know, like, I, you know, I don't have the communications like training. And so I'm always. But you're a listener. I am a listener. You that's, listen. That's and why. that's what people want. They want you to listen. I do. I try my best. Okay. I try my best. But Winnie, we know that sometimes these jobs, like mm-hmm. being a leader, yeah. um, can be heavy. It can. It can. Because, you know, a lot of things happen at the hospital, particularly at the hospital right now. And after we've been through the pandemic and, you know, people are, are just burnt out. Uh, it is It is a tough time. And, um you know, one of the things that happened a couple of weeks ago, there was an incident at the hospital. And so I really wanted to talk to my team about it. And I really thought about it really hard. And I thought, oh, I could be going to HR jail if I'm not careful asking the wrong questions. But I wanted my team to talk to me about how they self-care. Mm-hmm. Um, and because of this incident, I said, you know what, I'm going to take the time and I'm going to sit down with each of my team individually and have them come into my office and we're going to talk about how you intentionally self-care. How do you care for yourself? And if you don't have a regiment, a program or something, let's sit down with a piece of paper and let's figure out what you can do. I love that. Um, it, it, um, it was, I, I was very transparent about what I do. Um, I drink too much, but no, that's, I'm just kidding. <laughs> that's that's I'm part kidding. of it. I'm kidding. I'm really kidding. But I love to walk. I love to listen to um, music while I'm walking. I haven't done it in a long time because it's so blazing hot outside, but I love that. I do uh, have someone that I talk to. I have a therapist that I talk to. Uh, I'm not ashamed. You want me in therapy, okay? I'm to just be saying. your best self. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. To be your best self. So I'm transparent about that. And so I'm very intentional about certain things and making sure that I feel good. But I want my team like that. I, yes. I need my team to be at their very best. And one of the things that is really, you know, about my team, the pressure that they feel is the pressure they put on themselves, It's not the pressure that the system or I or my boss and my boss's boss puts on them, but it's them 
wanting to be their very best selves mm-hmm. and be at at an excellent rate and 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 to do everything in excellence and to and to go to the next level and the next level after I've achieved this one thing you know and and that's a lot when you put that kind of pressure on yourself to me that's more than when the system says oh, you yeah. must you must achieve 100% but that i think that that's cook culture yeah. I think that there's so many people like I feel that way. Yeah. Like I, I, I you have to do better. And, it, and it's not like they don't tell me yeah. you have to do better, but it's just part of me. And yeah. I think Cook really attracts that kind of person. Like and and I, I'm, I'm my whole team is full of them. I mean, so I talk yeah. to them all and and it was really it was therapeutic for them. And it was um, it was really eye opening for me. Mm-hmm. Um, how many people exercise, when they exercise, mm-hmm. why they do it, the meditation, the prayer, mm-hmm. the, the, the being in faith and reading scriptures and, and hearing from God and all of the things that just help them level out. Um, yeah. It was I, good. I, um, exercise has really changed my life. And, um, I mean, this sounds totally selfish, but the reason I do it is because no one can do it with me. And I do it for myself. Yeah. Like it's the one thing that I do for me. Yes. By myself. Yes. No one else can come. Yes. No, like it is just for me. Now I have a trainer who comes into my home. Okay. And, see, you're and, way more better than okay, I am. Okay. See, and I have, a, but, <laughs> I, but it's intentional because I can do cardio all day long. I can walk around the block a hundred times, but if you put a weight in my hand, I'm not going to pick it up. I don't want to pick up weights, but she forces me and we come in and we pick up weights and we do weight training. And I love bench pressing. (laughs) Yay. I think that's amazing. I love bench press. That's amazing. Yeah. Do it, girl. Anyway, that was a lot. That was a lot. But self-care and and taking care of yourself is something that, um, you know, we want to talk about a little bit today, too. Um, We've got two people who are joining us um, um, and have an amazing, amazing daughter. Um, and, you know, self-care and what they do and how they take care of this child is really, I think, very beneficial. And this is a story of um, hope. Yes. This to me is a story of hope and joy. And I think people will get something out of this. I really do. I do too. So our guests today are Brandy and Nick Lumbert, and their 17-year-old daughter, Pey- daughter Peyton will be joining us a little bit later in the studio. But first, we're going to talk to her parents. So welcome to Raising Joy. Thank you. You two have, as I mentioned, a very, very powerful story. Um, uh, you can tell us about Peyton and what happened four years ago that brings you here today. So just kind of tell everybody what happened. Four years ago, um, Peyton was 12. I got a phone call about three in the afternoon or so from my son, and he had found his sister, and she had hung herself in our house. So she attempted suicide. Um, It was, I can't even explain the emotion and the panic that sets in as a parent. Mm -hmm. Um, I was at work that day, and when I got that phone call, I worked in Carrollton and I made it from Carrollton to downtown Fort Worth to the hospital in like 20, 25 minutes. Mm. So how I made it there mm. is n- no one knows, but I did it. And um, we were, I remember walking in and just, you know, running to the emergency room. They knew exactly who I was. I came bawling my eyes out inside the hospital and we went back there. And when you, as a parent, 
you walk in and you see your child there and there's one, there's nothing you can do. Yep. And then um, my husband hadn't made it to the hospital yet. And then she flatlines right mm. in front of me. Mm. And instinct as a parent, instinct as a parent, do you want to like jump in and like tell the doctors and nurses to like move faster, you know, do compressions harder, do something. Mm-hmm. And you're, you're standing there like just helpless, helpless, you know, like tears, like rolling down your, but there's absolutely like nothing out of control, you know, you could do. And not only to see or to know what, what she did, but then to see like her, her body and like the drawings that she had on her body because, and it was weird because the drawings, like I said, she, she hung herself. She didn't do any of the cutting or anything like that. But when you looked at her, it looked like she had blood, like all down her arms and Mm -hmm. on her legs Mm -hmm. and all of that. What she had done previously is taken a marker and some stuff and colored on her body to look like she had cut herself to look like blood. It was like dripping down. It was really, I mean, it's almost like morbid looking truthfully. Mm -hmm. Um, But it was just so an out of body experience Mm -hmm. truthfully to like see stuff like that. I can't imagine. And um, once, and I, and it's, it's so weird because you, you remember certain aspects and certain like key points in the situation, you know, and it, it was just, like I said, you stood there and you're just, you're helpless, Mm -hmm. you know, and, you know, my husband, you know, finally was able to like make it there and, and now you got to deal with the reality of what has happened. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about how this happened. What, what caused, because I'm all, you know, now that we, we know that she's doing well, Mm -hmm. she's doing well. Thank God she's doing well. Absolutely. So what is it that caused her to want to do something like that? Were you able to uncover her thought process? And and we know she's twelve. Okay, so <clears throat> let's talk about the frontal lobe that's not completely, not completely developed. developed right. Let, let's let's talk about that. But what did she say? So it was kind of a mixture of things, you know. And without giving too much or going mm-hmm. too much into detail yeah. with her side of the family, but her biological dad, you know, week before her attempt, actually did commit suicide. Mm-hmm. And so I think it was a, a mixture between that being kind of the icing on the cake. I know she was, um, she had issues at the school that she was in and, and it was, it wasn't issues with like, like the, te- you know, the, the kids, it was issues with the teachers. Like hmm. one teacher in particular was, was bullying really, really bad. Get I mean, out of here. Yes. To the point where like we, you know, we were going to like the principals and higher ups of the school and, you know, it, I think a lot of it just kind of like came crashing down when, hmm. you know, her biological dad, you know, sure. passed and, it just kind of all hit at once, you mm-hmm. know, thought process. I really, that'd be something like, I think Peyton have to answer a little okay. bit better because okay. I can tell you I me, mean, obviously what we've talked about within, you know, over the years and sure. stuff, but it's just, it was so surreal at that time. I think, what do you think? Of, of what caused it? Yeah. Like her thought process, you know, I think just kind of everything kind of fell on at once and mm-hmm. it was just that it was too much that was and just again it. she's 12 
Mm-hmm. <clears throat> she's not 40. Right. <laughs> she's 12, you know, and, and, and the brain just hasn't done yes. what it needs to do. Yeah. Wasn't a whole lot of fully deformed, mm-hmm. def- right. defined mm-hmm. thought. Mm-hmm. Right, right, right. And, and also too, they're, they're, they're just here and now. So if here and now is awful and like full of suffering, like it's hard, they just can't predict the future I mean, or see that things could get better. And, it, and it's not, I mean, it's just, brain development. It's just biology. Yeah. You know, and it's crazy that you make that point. Like it's the here and now. Um, there was, I don't know, probably maybe two or three weeks after the incident, I finally went back to the house for the first time and you walked into her room and we found it. And I want to say it's a suicide note by no means, but it was a piece of paper that we found. And all it said on it was everyone seems to do this nowadays. Mm. And that was it. Mm. And you're just like, oh my gosh, like what in the world? Of course, you know, and then at that point as a mom, I I completely break down all over again, you know, and, you know, I remember asking her about that and she's like, but it's the truth, mom. Every, you know, it's not a, you know, why didn't you talk to me moment? It was. That's what happens. It's what happens, you know, and later on during like the recovery, once she was able you know, to start talking again and stuff like that, you know, we, you know, we figured out, you know, with her counselors that, you know, it was, you know, she was diagnosed with like depression, but it was like severe depression and she had hallucinations leading up to like suicide Mm. and it was just insane. But there was, at the same time, there wasn't like these big flashing warning signs. Everybody's like, oh, you know, your child's suicidal. There's warning signs. You know, what did you miss? Why do you, Mm. that's not always the case. It's not. Like it's at not, all, yeah. you know, well, no, and things can go down, down quick. hill very quickly. Yeah. And, that's, and that's one of the big things that I always talked about with it is I spent 12 years in the military and it was every, every month, every couple of weeks, Somebody. it was suicide prevention, suicide prevention. Let's have this big hour long PowerPoint about it. And a buddy, me and a buddy of mine talked about it shortly after this happened with her. And even with 12 years of month after month of suicide prevention training, they're nothing you didn't like see there, it there you was didn't nothing see it coming yeah yeah so well with 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 her <clears throat> with Peyton there there are two avenues that you have to deal with one is her physical mm-hmm. you know coming back because the 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 way the, the method in which she did it really was gonna you know mess with her brain and her so you you've got a physical issue mm-hmm. And then you've got an emotional issue. issue. So you've got to deal with the two things together. Uh, You know, it's emotion, it's mental, it's physical. It's a lot to handle Mm -hmm. because you're concerned about her at Cook Children's. Is she going to make it? And what is she going to be like once she does make it? I mean, absolutely. So we were, she was in um, NICU for five days, right? Five days? About a week. And... Um, they, the doctors and I mean, don't, everyone was very, very helpful and very, you know, supportive and everything, but they were also very honest. Mm. And that is one thing as a parent, I was really appreciative of it was, it was, Hey, you know, yes, she's alive, but she's not breathing on her own. There's not showing any brain activity. There's, she's literally just laying there. You know, and 
I'm like, okay, you know, and every day we'd watch like the breathing machines and see how much, you know, she was breathing on her own versus how much the machine was breathing for right. her. And, you Even know, we the did. nurses came in and showed us like this little red line right here. That's, that's mm -hmm. where she's taking breaths on her own. Okay. And so okay. we kind of watched that and. Every see time we start seeing oh, more. Absolutely. Yeah, you're like, getting right. hope. Yeah, we're getting right. there. Yeah. We're getting there. I mean, I remember at one point, you know, they had you know, obviously a tube down her throat. Like she chewed through her tube. And two or no three times. one two or three times. And none of us doctors are like, how is she doing this? We're like they and they told us like we have no idea. Like she just bit, like she would you would see her jaw moving kind of back and forth. And you're like, okay, well, that's really weird. But there's obviously there's some type of activity, mm -hmm. you know, and um, I think it was day three we went in to do, she went in to do the brain scans and neurologists, you know, prepared us up front. Like, look, you know, we don't know how this is going to go right now, but I need you to be prepared for the worst, you know, and you're like, oh my goodness. Okay. And um, we were on pins and needles. And I remember that day just being like really sick to my stomach all day because you didn't know like, you know, what was coming or anything. Then they pulled us to the side and you're just like, oh my goodness, here we go. And they explained the damage that was done. There was little four little spots within her brain, the front, the right in the middle of the lobe, really. And it was like, you know, a lot of this is, it's great that there's so little damage, but again, because of where, of where it's at, we don't know how it's going to work. We don't know if she's going to walk or talk or do any of that again. Mm. You're just like, oh my goodness. Okay. You know, and, um, day five. And I remember coming, coming back through the doors of, uh, into the, like the NICU and we just hear, you know, all the, the alarms going off and we're, you know, we take off running to her room and all the nurses are in there. She stood up next to the bed and was ripping out everything. Wait, wait, stop. She stood up? She stood up. We've got the picture. Um, my cousin was with us and she took the picture and all of our nurses, you know, the nurses are right there. And we're all just like fabriclassed because like one, how are you standing right now? That's that's my question one. Like, where did this come from? And she did. She yanked everything out and looked dead at us. Wow. I mean, and this is a child you thought was brain, could very well have been brain dead. Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yep. Wow. Well, she's, and two he's days, showing me the picture. Yeah. I mean, and two days later, we were moved up, you know, out of NICU and they're like, you Time know, to go to the floor. Yeah. Like, <laughs> let's see where we're going. Yeah. And you're just like, okay, here we go. Yeah. You know, so yeah. as a parent, you're really excited at that point. You're like, yes, you know, but then you're in your head, you're like, wait a second. What are know? we left with? What are we what left are, with? What are yeah. we doing? What's you know, next? and there was a lot of like, what next questions. And it was just like, you know, you don't want to get your hopes up, but, you know, but at the same time, you're like, wait a second, this is, this is really good. But how, you know, and, you know, in mo and it's crazy because you look in movies you're like, oh, you always, they always say, you know, like Grey's Anatomy is a perfect example. Yeah. You have this one really key <laughs> point and then all of a sudden like the patient goes the opposite direction. Yeah. And in my head, I'm like, oh my God, please do not let this be what's about to happen. You know, I'm not Meredith Grey, so we've got to fix this, <laughs> you know? <laughs> <So>. <laughs> but keep in mind, all of those surgeons on Grey's Anatomy can do all of the surgery. That like, is they very do true. General, neuro. Yeah. Like all search. within like 30 minutes too. Yeah. Like, we're we're like sitting here on, on, on five months in a the hospital. They did it in 30 minutes. What's the deal? Miraculous. Like, I feel like I'm getting gypped here. Like, what did I miss? <laughs> oh my gosh. So. Well, oh, how long were you at Cook Children's? We were at Cook's for uh, 45 days. 
Wow. That's a long time. It is a very long time. Um, but again, the, the everyone there was, you know, great. You know, my husband and I were lucky enough. We got a room at uh, the Ronald McDonald Robin. house, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, and they, they, I mean, it was just it, under this, the circumstances, it really was a great experience in the aspect of we knew our child was to be taken care of. We knew we had some of the best people on our team and on her side. And that was like really, you know, obviously it was really important. You know, no, I, I was, you know, got to the point where I was able to, you know, leave the hospital and walk down, you know, not sleep in the bedroom next, you know, in on a little bitty couch and I could sleep in a bed or something like that. But it was, it was a trying time and it was, um, I remember multiple times the nurses came in to make sure that we were taking care of ourselves. Oh, yeah. Like they you would come to. in and Self-care. actually ask. Self-care. You know, when mom, when was the last time you left? Like when was the last time you went and got something to eat? Yeah, exactly. Yes. Yeah. You have it, to. It, it took, um, and I'll be honest, probably the first two weeks, I, I didn't leave. I wouldn't either. You know? I understand that. I, I mean, going, even when she's like in an ICU, going from like where her room was to the outside where like the family and all that was, 15, 20 minutes tops. Like there was no, I mean, I went into the chapel cause it was like right down the hall for yeah. a second. Yep. Yep. Um, that was it. There was no leaving, leaving. the hospital. There was no, mm-hmm. and I, they would have like venues down the bottom floor right there. As you kind of walk in with a whole bunch of like little trinkets and stuff. And I would look over the balcony and like, Oh my God, I really want to go down there and see. Yeah, yeah, but I was yeah. so scared to go yep. that far, you know? And, um, I mean, it got to the point where I, I, I had to, you know, a friend mm-hmm. of mine, um, came in and she was like, you've got to get out of this hospital. Mm-hmm. You know, you've mm-hmm. got to, to leave. And we did, we went, you know, and had dinner, but it was a very quick, you know, turn right turnaround. Yeah. If something I was right, you know, I was right there type situation. And I mean, Let, let's talk a little bit about you as a parent, you two as a parents. Okay. So now the physical part of her is, mm-hmm. is coming back. It's mm-hmm. things are looking hopeful. But you've got to be feeling some kind of way mm-hmm. about the fact that this happened. And I know as parents, you're thinking, what did I do? What mm-hmm. did I didn't do? Tell me how that was. Um, it's not, the question is not how that was. It's more of how it is. Because even four years later, to say I am a helicopter mom is an understatement. <laughs> mm-hmm. okay. like, and Nick it, is laughing, saying oh, she's yeah. telling the truth. <laughs> it is ping my child where she's at. I mean, she has a job now, you know, she has friends, she's out and she does stuff. And I'm like, you're not, why are you answering your phone? You know, I called you five minutes ago. Where are you at? And I mm-hmm. am blowing it up. And it's just more of a, like a, mm-hmm. I, I have to, I have almost, and I laugh because it's almost like a, a life check. Just say, I don't care if you send me an emoji, just something, something. you know, Mm -hmm. and she's like, oh my God, mom, you're annoying. Okay. I don't (laughs) care. It's in the job description. Yeah. I'm like, you know, you, this is my annoyance is, you know, because of a life choice, unfortunately that you made. And this is, I don't want to say it's a consequence because it's not a consequence by no means. Every action has an equal and opposite reaction. Okay. Look at, listen to logic (laughs) over here. I'm not the logic in this relationship. (laughs) (laughs) She's laughing, <laughs> but there's just anxiety there. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. You and know, always, do you, do you think it changed? I mean, obviously it changed the way you parent. Yes. Um, I have taken a step back in the aspect of I've got, I have, I have to learn to let them be themselves and not 
what I ex- my expectations. Like, you know, I expect, you know, a B honor roll. I expect, you know, all of this stuff and why I still don't necessarily like it. But if they come home like, hey, I got a 70, I'm like, eh, you could have done better. But, you know, you pass. You know, my husband's over here is like, you pass, you pass. I'm like, eh, <laughs> that's not how that works, but okay. Um, so, I mean, it has changed as a parent in the aspect of like I've learned to, I don't want to say such have such high expectations, mm-hmm. but more realistic expectations. Sure. How, know, how did the event um, change the dynamic or did it change the dynamic of your family? Because her brother mm-hmm. was the person who found her. Yes. So you're still thinking not only about her. Yes. But you have to be thinking about mm-hmm. him. And you as a couple are having to deal with this. You're you're grieving at a different level. Mm-hmm. He's coming at it with logic. You're being very emotional. How did that change or handle? How did that impact the dynamic of your family? <laughs> it's on you, babe. <laughs> it, it changed a lot. Um before all this happened, you know, we were just like everybody else going out every day, trying to work, trying to, trying to get by, trying to survive. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we weren't really, while we were at all, all the kids events that they were doing, we weren't really there cause we were still at work. If that makes sense. Yeah, like I do. we were still it trying does. to, trying to make sure bills were paid. Yes. Um, so once this happened, we kind of started approaching it in a different way. Yes. Work is important. Yes. Bills are important, but we need to make sure that they're taken care of, that they're, their well-being is at the forefront mm-hmm. and not so much in the back. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to be present. Right. Yes. You have to be present. Mm-hmm. Right. And we have to be there. And so that changed the dynamic a little bit in the sense that, okay, now we're looking at, um, well, that job that you that you got the offer for is, is you know, $100,000 a year and you're working from home. Mm. All right, cool. We're home more. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like we're, mm-hmm. we're looking at it that way versus – well, yeah, that's $100,000 a year, but that means I'm gone seven months out of the year. Mm. Um, and so that changed a lot. And then once I got out, that changed a lot too because I wasn't deploying as much anymore. I wasn't gone. So she wasn't there by herself trying to, trying to Do take this care all of everything. Right. right. Yeah. Um, so, and I got out, what, a year before all that happened? Mm-hmm. So that changed prior to, but we started making those moves. And I think when we started making them, it was just a little bit too late. Mm. So... Mm we've just tried to focus everything more on, you know, what are they doing and, and how can we support them going forward versus how can we support ourselves to make sure that they're good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But you still got to keep a roof. You've right. got to oh, yeah. yeah. keep food in the refrigerator. You got to, and they're growing and they're eating everything. So oh, you yes. still have to do that, but <laughs> it really does make you focus. It, mm-hmm. it, it prioritizes where you, where you need to put your attention. You know, I mean, I remember like when this happened, the job I had, um, I worked for a great company, you know, and, I currently went back to that company, but I'm, again, I'm at home, you know, and that makes it a little bit easier. And, you know, it was a company, the company that was, that, you know, I work for is, it is a very fast paced company. It is Mm -hmm. a company where you have to be on point at all times. And being in the office, it wasn't, it was a text message, you know, mom, I'm hungry. Okay, find something. I'll, I'll be home later. Mm -hmm. You know, it was, Mm -hmm. Um, me coming home at, you know, sometimes eight, nine o'clock at night, you know, and, and I, you know, I can't do that. And, um, so it made it a little bit difficult. It made, you know, when he was home, a lot of it went to my husband, you know, get the kids from school, make sure dinner's done, have the best done, do this, do that. So I was, I was there, but I wasn't 
there. You know, it was mm-hmm. still, even on the weekends, I still had, you know, people calling me for work and stuff like that. So it was, it was, it was a really hard thing to juggle. And while I, I was very grateful for my job, then I'm still very grateful for that job now because I'm back at that company and, you know, they were really supportive during that time. And they're obviously still very supportive because I'm sitting right here right now mm-hmm. instead of mm-hmm. at work. Yeah. So it, it, it did, it changed that dynamic, but it also changed the aspect of it brought us closer as a family. Mm. You know, like with our son, it was a, how do you, how do you process this? Because at the time he was eight, almost nine, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. while yes, we have to make sure she's okay, both mm-hmm. physically, physically and mentally, we have to make sure that he's okay. Emotionally. Mm-hmm. Yes. Emotionally, like mm-hmm. all of it, how is he processing it? And, um, you know, obviously they were both in counseling for years and with our son, it's got to the point and he's still this way is he has to know where we're at. It, mm. It's a, you know, where are you going? Well, I'm going here. How long are you going to be gone? Or if I'm gone longer than what, wow. you know, the time frame that I told him I was going to be gone, it's, are you coming home? Mm-hmm. Or, you know, are you okay? And mm-hmm. when his sister started working, it was, or even going back to school full time, you know, was, um, mom, have you checked on Peyton today? Mom, have you seen Peyton today? Mm. Her 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 little ping on the phone's not moving. Well, mm. you know, she's inside the high school. I know, but she it's a big high school, so shouldn't she be moving around the school? You know, that type of thing. <sighs> oh. And um, he's gotten a little bit better now, kinda. He's making a face at me. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it and it, it does, because you have to play on all aspects. You know, I you know, you have to make sure that, you know, I had to make sure that I was okay. I had to make sure that my husband's okay. We all have to like do it and even now with like Peyton you can tell when she's having a bad day and it's not and I have to keep in mind that just because she has a bad day that it doesn't mean it's going to go this route right it is mom I have a headache I just I don't want to talk or it's hot outside and I've been outside all day long or I had a calculus test and I didn't do great I just want to go home and go to bed yeah. you know that type of thing it's like oh so you're not like it's like no, no just stop okay well you know all right I'm gonna go over here I guess <laughs> So right now she's doing well. Oh yeah, right now she's great. So right now she's, we well, she just yesterday got her permit for driving. Yay! Ooh. Yeah, we're excited. She's not overly excited about the situation. I don't know. After riding with her yesterday, I'm not really excited, <laughs> either. <laughs> not excited either. She drove to the barn last night for the first time with all four of us in the car, and, and, and my husband was in the back seat. He's like, "I don't know if I can do this much longer, you guys. Are we almost there?" <laughs> you know, and I'm just like, "Oh, I'm so sorry." Um, but I mean, she's a honor student. She's got, you know, she's working getting her driver's license. You know, she applies for college here coming in December. She's got um, three or two goats. She's got livestock. She shows, well. yeah, she shows livestock for, you know, FFA and 4-H. And, you know, she's, she's an everyday teen now, you know, and looking back, it's, it's almost surreal because I know what it was like to know that she wasn't going to make it this far. You know, I saw the numbers. I saw, you know, the testing and stuff like that. You know, we had her tested. heard it from the doctors. Yeah, we've heard it from the doctors, you know. Not just the doctors at Cook's, but the doctors at JPS. The doctors, you know, down in Houston when we got transferred to Houston for five months. It was, you know, eventually she's going to hit a plateau and that's where she's going to stop. And they said it would be probably within the first two years. And here we are, year four, and you're like... She's still okay. going. She's still going. So we're just going to keep trucking along next to her, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but, I mean, she's she's 17. She's 
she knows it all, you know, <laughs> that type thing, you know, and it, it, but it is because, you know, you see, you know, where she came from and, you know, the story and, you know, as difficult it is for me to, you know, sit and hear her talk about it. I think that's great mm-hmm. because no matter what my husband and I say, that wasn't us that went through it. We can tell you as a parent what it felt like, but we've never been in that situation. Mm-hmm. And if she can say something and it helps somebody else, whether it's an adult or another child, as uncomfortable as it makes me to hear it, mm. have at it. Well, that no no you know? teenager is going to listen to a 40-year-old about <laughs> how, how all know. this works, but yeah, they might exactly. listen to another teenager. You're, you're so. absolutely right. You're absolutely right. Exactly. Right. You're right. I think I would know, but that's not the case yeah. either. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, um, yeah. I mean, she's done, she's done great. You know, it's, it's been, it's been a challenge and, you know, every, I look at it, you know, it's brought us together, you know, tighter as a family has gotten us, you know, more in our faith. It's got, you know, and there, I mean, I, there was just, I mean, I can tell you guys stories upon stories and, you would look at me like I have lost my head, you know, I've lost my mind or I've gotten a second head just based on what she's done and what, what we've experienced her in a hospital, mm-hmm. you know? I mean, I remember there is, it was right around his birthday and we were in Houston and he was getting ready to go home the next day, but she hadn't slept in like 36 hours. And she was on like 14 different medications yeah, at the time. We yeah, couldn't yeah. figure out why she was started <clears throat> hallucinating again. She was seeing my nephews who she hadn't seen since before all this happened. And, and we, I remember going, like, what are you laughing at? She's like, ha ha, you know, so-and-so is over in the corner. They're playing mm-hmm. peekaboo. And you're mm-hmm. just like, who? There's, or, what? There, There's yeah. no one over there. Like, it's just me. And you're just like, no, she, you know, he's behind dad. And you're like, who's mm-hmm. behind dad? Mm-hmm. You know? And, um, and it was so weird because when we were in Houston, the bed that she was on, because she was like an evil Knievel in Houston. And yeah, she, so they had, you know, those little pressure sensors that they have on the bed to, that alarm when you go off. Yeah. yeah. She, she managed out how to, to get move up. It. She unplugged it. Well, th- that time, but she managed to figure out how to scoot it with her on the bed so she can reach over to unplug it so she can get up and walk out of the room at night. And take selfies in the bathroom. bathroom. Oh, my goodness. Without without setting off the alarm. (laughs) And at this time, she was still a fall risk. She was not supposed to be walking by herself. I mean, she had, like, the bracelets, all that. And then they also had, like, a monitor. Because in the hospital in Houston, the doors would alarm when the kid, you know, whoever got too close. She managed to take it off. And I have a picture of her. And she's looking at me, just dangling it, smiling. And you're like, what in the world, kid? I know. You know, and I mean, I called the nurse. I'm like, she's like, how did she do it? I don't know. Peyton's like, I'll just squeeze my hand this way and kind of wiggle it this way and did this. So we ended up having to put it on her ankle. Like a little like ankle monitor. (laughs) You know, and she she was so proud of herself that she got out of it. Wow. And she would go up to the door and be like, oh, look, it doesn't go off. You know, and you're just like, she she may have a career in like hospital security consulting. Oh great! You know, like she can tell them like, hey, this is this is what didn't work, and uh, yeah. this is how to get out of your system. Yeah, and yeah. she could help a lot the, of people that way. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. she she the did it. Degree doesn't work out. There you go. Yeah. Right <laughs> <on>. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I mean, wow. she. Uh, he's holding up. You'll see him every once I hold up the phone, so I can see it. 
he um I I hadn't I went to this because I know what he's trying to get to me say is we I would go get macaroons at the mall in Houston mm. and I would come back and they were so good. good. Oh, oh my yeah. god, they were amazing. And I had them sitting on the windowsill in the room. Well, again, her monitor on the bed okay. alarms yeah. when she gets up. And so I walked out of the room to talk to um, her psychiatrist about some of the testing or something like that. And I walked back in. I grabbed the box. And I'm like, I could have sworn like, there was more macaroons in here. Like, I just bought in like 24 of them. There's only like four or five left. Like, mm. and I'm like, I only had like one or two, I thought. And I look over and she's got like crumbs all over her all bed. Over bed. <laughs> and I was like, what did you do? And she's like, well, because at first we busted her. And she's like, oh, I was just trying to look out the window. <laughs> And I'm like, okay, that was weird, but whatever. First off, why are you up out of bed? And she's like, oh, whatever. And I started looking like, wait a second. She's like, well, I would, I, I did look out the window, but long enough to grab your box of macaroons. <laughs> and then I heard you. So I had to go really fast to like put it up. And you're like, okay. okay. That was okay. great. All right. <laughs> Boy. Well, we need to get this escape artist in yeah. here. Yeah. Let's hear for let's, let's hear we from the escape to, artist. We need to get the security girl in here and see. <laughs> All right, so we have the beautiful escape artist, Miss Peyton, here with us. Peyton, so do you remember the flavors of the macarons? Uh, lavender. 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 Okay, okay. I had okay. one this weekend and it was delicious. It was good. So I am I am with you 100%. How, um, so, you know, your mom told us this story about all that you've overcome and now you're a senior Mm-hmm. In high school, or you'll start your senior year here in a couple of weeks. Yeah. What do you What do you think about being a senior? I'm honestly ready for it to be over. You're ready for it to be over, and and move on to the next thing, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. And what do you like? What do you want to be after, or what do you want to do after high school? Um. Eventually, go to Charleston State University. I love that. So thinking back to like how far you've come, like, what do you think has been helpful? Like, how did you go from, I'm in a hospital bed, I miraculously get out of the bed to now I am a senior who's ready to move on, graduate and, you know, go to Tarleton. Um, I just really just look at my life as any other teenager would. Okay. So. That's awesome. You, you are so willing to tell your story, right? Why? Because even before my incident, I had friends that tried to attempt. Mm -hmm. And I would not let them. I'd call the police before they even got to that point. Mm Mm-hmm. And so I had their parents come to me, thanking me, like pretty much their whole family coming to me and thanking me. But no one did that for you. Did you tell anybody? You didn't. Why? I guess I was just really kind of one of those people that bottled everything up. Who gave really good advice, but not take any really good advice. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. How do you think your parents are handling all of this and have handled it over the last 
three or four years, because your mom has talked about being a, a real helicopter mom. How do you think that they are handling all of this? Um, I will not deny she's a helicopter mom. <laughs> <laughs> but I think just by observing them, I think my dad has handled it the best out of all of us. Do you blame her for being a helicopter mom? No. Okay. okay. And you know she does it because she loves you, right? <laughs> you you, you know. understand the reasoning behind it. Yeah. Okay. And you tolerate it very well, right? Sometimes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Spoken like a true teenager. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes, sometimes. Absolutely. What's the big message out of this? Um, I would say just like it doesn't matter who you reach out to as long as you just reach out to someone. And so that they're aware and they can keep kind of a closer eye on you to make sure that you're not too quiet. You're not like in your head mm. Mm -hmm. so often or more often than not. Uh and just do the right, the things that need to happen. Yeah. So that you can keep yourself safe. Yeah. Well, and Peyton, how do you, how do you keep going? Like, how do you take care of yourself day to day? We're talking about like how we take care of ourselves. So how mm -hmm. do you, mm -hmm. how do you take care of yourself? Um, really, it just depends on the day and mm -hmm. what side of the bed I wake up on. Okay. <laughs> And it's just, like, one of those days where, like, it's a good day for me, but also it's not a good day for me. All I think about during the day is what keeps me going and keeps me standing. Yes. What gives you joy? What keeps you standing? Well, what gives me joy right now is showing my animals. Yes. And yes. obviously what keeps me standing is really uh, my household and my grandma. Mm. So you lean on your parents and your, or you lean on your whole family and your grandmother? I pretty much lean on my whole household and my grandmother. That's wonderful. It's so great to have that kind of support and to know it, you know, because um, I think a lot of times teenagers want to push it away, mm -hmm. but it sounds like you really lean into it. So I think that that's wonderful. That's mm -hmm. great. Wonderful. Well, thank you. What else do you want to tell us? Anything? Um, honestly, from my attempt, I think it has brought me a whole lot closer to um, both my parents, especially my mom. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's very special. Mm -hmm. 
because something like this can sometimes really tear people apart mm-hmm. and not bring them closer. So that's a very special situation that it was able, you guys were able to really kind of connect and really lean in and you feel that support because it's, it, it can be very hurtful and devastating to a family. So I think it's wonderful that you guys are, you know, really on each other, that your that, that your parents are present in your work, in your job, in your life, and they're paying more attention to you and, and that they, and that all of you have come together. That's that, cause that's not always the case. Mm-hmm. It really yeah. isn't. You're so brave. Mm-hmm. And you're so courageous mm-hmm. and you're so awesome. Mm-hmm. And you know that already. I don't even have to tell you. <laughs> I just confirmed what you already know. Right? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know, what can we do? What can people do to support a family that has gone through something like this? What was the, what was, what were things that people did that you were like, thank you for that? I'm so, so glad you did this. So we actually had one of her friends when we were in the hospital um, set up. Well, I forgot what they called it, but meal essentially, train. yeah, meal train. So um, they all got everybody got together and they all put down some money so we could get food when mm-hmm. we were up at the hospital instead of just the normal hospital food. Um, we had the Combat Veterans Motorcycle Association helped us out a lot with um, uh, financial donations because we both ended up having to quit our jobs. Because, you know, insurance is so affordable. Um, <laughs> right? That was sarcasm. We had to quit our jobs. And, and, and that was, we ended up getting on, on getting the kids on Medicaid um, because yeah. of all this. But in order to do that, we had to leave our jobs, which yep. then meant we had no income right. to pay rent, to pay bills, pay off our vehicles, um, all that. So that helped us out a lot in that aspect. Um Others were just up there kind of, hey, what do you need? What, yeah. what what can we do? Hey, go go take a shower. Go relax for a minute. We'll sit here and make sure everything's good. Um, and, and just that small stuff. It was all just small stuff, but it meant the world to us because that was all we had. Mm-hmm. Now, if you have a child that's struggling with mental health, how, how, how did did people help you? I know the physical, the financial, that's, that's wonderful. Mm-hmm. And we need that. But you having a child who's struggling with mental health, was there any support or is there anything we could do to help somebody who we know is struggling in that way? Oh, that's a tough one. Um, as a parent who's been through it, don't add to the guilt. Mm-hmm. Don't say, well, what, what, what are signs? Well, what happened? Why did you not see this? Why did you not do that? I had enough guilt within myself. Mm-hmm that I didn't need someone questioning me. Well, did you not, why did you not get her counselor when her, you know, when her dad died? Why did you not do this? But we were working on, those aren't just, you know, those aren't phone calls and responses you get within a two hour period. These are sometimes three or four days appointments, you know, don't, don't, don't add to the guilt. That's one thing I, I have to harp on. And more importantly, it is okay not to be okay It is okay. If you're having a bad day, say something. If you're having a bad month, say something. And if you're not getting the help that you need, as crappy as this is about to sound, you need to be surrounded by different people. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, it's definitely, I don't, I don't want to say in the aspect of 
who you surround your, yourself with is who you become, but essentially it kind of is, mm-hmm. you know, if you're, if you're not a drinker, but all your friends are drinking, eventually you're going to get to do what they're doing, you know, mm-hmm. kind of the same thing with mental health, you know, like she said, she had friends that attempted suicide, you know, that were thinking about it and she pinned their phones and said, hey, she made the 911 call, you know, and I actually ran to that parent not too long after it happened with Peyton and she's like, oh my God, how's Peyton, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh, this is what happened. And she started crying. She's like, you know, she saved my son's life. And as a mom, you're like, okay, well, she can save her son's life, but she couldn't save herself, you know? So just don't add to the guilt from a parent you know, or, or anything. Don't do that. That's not okay. I couldn't agree with you more. And I I think a lot of times those comments from other people, like that judgment, it comes from anxiety Yeah, because parents feel it because they suddenly realize this could happen to my kid too. Mm -hmm. And if they decide that you're a bad mom and that you should have done X, Y, Z, and they're a good mom, it reassures them that it won't happen to their kid. Oh, absolutely. But we all know that life is way more complicated than that. Mm Mm-hmm than like good parents, bad parents and things like that. And it could happen to anybody. And so yes. I, I I guess if you are feeling like the need to judge or criticize another parent, you have to ask yourself why. Well, you know, and that's a very good point because she, I mean, she's had, I say friends very loosely that um, once their parents find out what happened, they're like, oh, you don't, don't, don't talk to her. Like she's, you don't, you don't want to be surrounded by that, you know, and that's, that's not okay either because you're teaching your child to to act that way, whether your child has a disability, whether it's a mental health, physical, mental, whatever the case may be, you're, you're teaching different. your child to judge a person mm-hmm. because it's they're judgment. not like you. And that's not okay. And that, you know, and that, that's probably been one of, I don't want to say one of the hardest, but that has been a, a pretty hard pill to swallow because you're just like, well, it was a bump in the road. Like it, that's, she did this, yes, but that's that doesn't mean that's who she is. It doesn't define her. Correct. Mm-mm. And I think a lot of um, people, not just kids, but even adults, you know, we've had to file a report on an adult that was talking stuff about her, you know, and that you're just like, the, the, the fact that we had to get to that point is yeah. a problem to begin with. So just be, just be mindful whether you can help a person you know, in that situation financially, you know, whether you can help them, you know, not just bring in a, bring in food, you know, mm-hmm. that was a big thing. You know, mm-hmm. we didn't, we didn't ask, we didn't expect, you know, we were going to, you know, if we lost our house, we lost our house. Like, you know, what do you do at this What's point? Important? You know, it's really important. Correct. Yeah. And, um, you know, we, we had some, you know, we have some really great friends and a great support system. Mm-hmm. And I, I just can't say enough. Don't shame the parents mm-hmm. and don't, don't shame the, the kid. kid. I couldn't, you know, <laughs> and, and you, you would know, think, duh, but some people don't, they don't understand it. that. I mean, even in schools, like, you know, they have, you know, suicide awareness, but it's for one week and mm-hmm. that's fine because you're still bringing awareness and you're, you're doing all this, but you don't really know what they're going through. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of these kids don't come to you and go, you know what? I think I'm going to try this tonight, yeah, you know, yeah. um, that doesn't happen that way. So just, just be mindful of other people. You don't know what that person is going through. Mm-hmm. So if you're having a bad day, you're having a bad day. It's okay. You know, just don't, you know, I'm not a perfect parent. I, you know, I'm not a perfect mom. He's not a perfect, you know, 
father and they're not perfect kids. No well, one's perfect. When you find one, call me. No kidding. <laughs> you know, um, but you know, you, you try your best and that that's all yes. you can do. And I've and learned that's what makes you a great mom. Thank you. And is that you are trying your best. I'm trying. Yes. And, and let me tell you, we've had people who have sat in these chairs who have had unlimited resources and they're still dealing the same way that you were doing. Well, it's all mm-hmm. over social media now. Yeah. It's I a, mean, it's, it it's, is. I mean, you look at TikTok for an Ooh, example. There was, there was a challenge right around the time all this happened. The where let's see, let's, well, not only mm-hmm. that, but let's see how long we can hang ourselves before we black out. Like, I mean, come on now. They're, they just, yeah. And that's a it's whole tough. nother, you know, that, and that, that's just the things like, you know, these kids don't understand it. And, and I'll be honest, I didn't know. I knew some of what was on her social media at the time. I didn't know all of it. And what I found out after the fact, mm-hmm. I was just blindsided mm-hmm. and devastated. And you're just like, oh, my. But I, I check her phone. Mm-hmm. But what parents don't understand is you can check that child's phone. But unless you know how to work that app, yeah, they, they hide it. They can still hide it. Yes, and she they can still hide it. it. And it took one of her friends. It's like, oh, you know, you didn't see this. I'm like, what are you talking about? Are you, I didn't see what. And it would just happen to be pictures of, you know, what she used and how she was planning on doing. And she posted on social media mm. a few minutes before. And not one person said anything. And it wasn't until after the fact. And I'm, I'm not blaming, I would never blame another child because it, it is what it is. It's but again, yeah. how do you, as a parent, as a, a doctor or a therapist, how do you address that? How do you be like, hey, you know, maybe if you see something, maybe you say something, you know, mm-hmm. we've definitely pounded our kids. If something doesn't look right to you, Say something. Yes. Let me and your dad be the bad guy. Mm-hmm. If you don't want your friends to know that you found it or you said something, no, that's, that's fine. I'll do it. I got access to your phone. Now I do check her phone. Now I know where she hid stuff. So I go through those <laughs> things. Ooh, that, that helicopter coming. It <laughs> is. But you have to. But I know, <laughs> I have to. You have to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you have to you be. Do. You do. You know, and you I'm do. looking like, you know, here she's 17. You know, she's going to be senior high school. She's getting to drive. And I, in my head, I'm like, all right, we've got, you know, the iPhone tracker. I can buy an Apple tag. I can do this and I can do that, you know. But at the same time, you got to let them be. Like, and it's hard. It's it, so hard. As hard as it is. And I'm looking like, you know, she wants to go to college. And, you know, at first she looked, she's like, I want to go to Auburn. I'm like, eh. Do you though? Do you want to stay like in Texas? You know, and she's like, "No, I'm going to Auburn." I'm like, mm, "I don't think you are." You know, but then we, you know, obviously we showed you know like numbers to papers. You know, we did this and like the VA stuff, and she's like, "Oh, so I can stay in Texas?" Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, and I was like, "Yes," you know. But it, it is very, it is a helicopter mom, but at the same time, it's you know she is her own person and she's thriving and she's doing good. And at some point, I have to like take a step back. You know, and let her be who she is. And this, this really best. is a, an extremely hopeful story. Mm-hmm. Thank you. This is an extremely wonderful story. And you guys have landed not only on the other side because she's doing well, but mm-hmm. because it really did knit you guys back together. Mm-hmm. I mean, and, yes. and, and when I said to her, this could have easily gone the other way. Mm-hmm. And it really could have. Oh, yeah. You know, how many marriages break up behind right. something this catastrophic? Mm-hmm. But you were able to to come together as a family. And now she feels so supported mm-hmm. by you guys mm-hmm. and the grandmother. I and mean, that's, that's awesome. That's yeah. amazing. That, yeah. that is awesome. And and that's what we all need is that that little bit of support. You mm-hmm. know, I'm just it, it is so hopeful. 
it is it is raising that joy yes. for us that uh, we need to have. I didn't want this to be a heavy and and weighted down conversation, but I really want people to see the ray, the ray of sunshine. Yes. Just to elaborate a little bit on on the how lucky we are to still have her um, for the people listening. It, she was up there for what roughly twelve, 12 minutes. minutes, roughly ballpark. She was- 12 minutes. Um, and the hanging. Yep, uh-huh. And the officer that cut her down said the only reason he did it was because her body was still warm. Um, where we've actually remained friends with that officer and I still talk to him. Every so time. her, her, her brain mm-hmm. is without oxygen For 12 between minutes. the time mm-hmm. that he called, uh, my son called nine one one and the time the first officer got there was roughly 12 minutes. Okay. So we don't, and that's taking you know, we don't know how long she was there before. Right. You know, because he'll tell you, he's like, I, I came out of my room and I went to the kitchen to grab a snack. And on my way back, because, you know, on the way back, you can see kind of down the hallway where the rooms are. He's like, and that's when I saw her. And I, I do also want to point out that this kid um, not only saw her, was able to remain calm enough to call 911, give him the address, tell him what happened, get the dogs out back before the cops arrived. So that the dogs are not eating the cops? Right. right. Come in. <laughs> okay, gotcha. But all that he did all the, he was able to check wow. the pulse to see wow. how all that he was in he was in cub scout so i mean he kind of knew some of that stuff but he was able to remain calm in that type of situation he checked the pulse on her wrist on her foot and then behind her leg shut up yeah and, and he'll when, tell you he's like i felt it and the cop said he's like when we got that there was no pulse and i'm and, and that's okay i would rather him feel that you know what i mean he needed it he need yeah mm-hmm. yeah this is so, miracle stuff that makes really you is. feel extremely hopeful and that she has come out not only physically but emotionally she's yes. coming out on the other side and doing very well you guys are courageous yes. and so brave and um thank you for giving everybody that that ray uh, of hope and sunshine and and in today's world we need some of that you yes know. ma'am we need some of that sunshine not the heat but we need the sunshine <laughs> yes Well, to our listeners, thank you so much for uh, tuning into the Raising Joy podcast. You can help us by um, leaving a rating and a review. And until next time, just breathe. Open up. You, you matter. matter.